Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Alright, so you can see the hands are very few. Okay, but I will not go back to what I've taught in the last two days. Um, ensure you get the message and listen to them again. And I'm going to continue from there and touch on something very briefly this morning. The Lord helping me, and then we'll, we'll see how the Lord leads. Amen. Let's pray. Let's get into the word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth through your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. We started talking about the importance of the resurrection of Jesus. And uh, we said the resurrection of Jesus is the focal point or is the center point of the Christian faith. And we first we spent the first day establishing that truth. And then we spent yesterday looking at the various theories against the resurrection that people believe. And yesterday we were able to establish that and we talked about the prophecies of Jesus uh, regarding his resurrection. And I did say this at the beginning of the teaching seminar uh, that for Christians, because of the celebration around uh, Christmas, the the, the eating, the drinking, and the, the gift around Christmas, uh, we are fond of celebrating Christmas more than Easter, which is uh, largely due to ignorance, and uh, ignorance of both Christians and unbelievers likewise. Uh, it is the resurrection of Jesus that is the foundation of the Christian faith, and that's very important. The resurrection of Jesus is the foundation of the Christian faith. And um, I, I know you know that by now, but you won't find the word Easter in the Bible. There's no Easter in the Bible, so what you have is actually the Feast of Passover. But you will understand that that was the most important feast, that's one of the most important feasts that set the foundation of the escape of the children of Israel or the deliverance of the children of Israel from Egypt into the land of Canaan. So... Continuing from where I stopped yesterday, I said I'm going to look at the prophecies of, of, of the resurrection in the, in the New Testament, which we did. So I'll look at the prophecies of the resurrection in the Old Testament, then I'll, I'll just build up from there. So let's go to Psalm 16, verse 10. Uh, turn your Bibles with me to Psalm 16, verse 10. And I just want to say this. Uh, I, th I think it's very important. The, the, the projector is not your primary source of reading scriptures. All right? The projector is not your primary source of, of reading scriptures. This is, this is for those who, who are just coming, number one. And also for those who are, let me not use what is in my heart, but it's for them. And the third category is when we are out of time and I want to go through scriptures very quickly. You, you should not come to this local church without the Bible. You shouldn't show up here without the Bible. Are you following what I'm saying? That shouldn't. So going forward in my theological teachings, I'm going to instruct them to put the translations differently. If I, if I say Matthew chapter 4 verse 2, they will type Matthew 4 2 up. 
So if you're not without a Bible, you have to share because we must. We, is it that idea of just coming? Psalm 2. No, 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 no. No, this is not yours. You should come with your Bible, all right? And if you're out of time, this is just default. You see that I don't use this except I'm out of time or I need to just check something quickly. And if I want to show you something specifically and I want all of us to see it. So this does not serve you as your primary source of scriptures. Am I clear? Is this Easter Sunday morning? Is this a good resurrection message? Praise God. So turn with me in your Bibles. I know your conscience is going to, you're going to feel guilty looking up, and it's intentional. I want you to come to church with your Bible. Psalm 16, verse 10. Let's go there. All right. Psalm 16, verse 10. It says, For you will not abandon my soul to show, nor will you allow your Holy One to undergo decay. Now, you would understand, and I've said it all the times, that if you look at the book of Luke chapter 24 and verse 44 down to 47, he says in the Psalms, in the prophets, and in Moses, he explained all the things concerning himself. So when Psalm 16 was being written, it was written prophetically with Jesus in mind. Okay? Now, he says that you will not allow your Holy One to see corruption or decay. That was fulfilled in Matthew chapter 20, 28 and verse 2 to 7. We see that the body of Jesus did not see decay. Even in the Old Testament, his ascension was prophesied. Psalm 24, verse 7 to 10. Psalm 24, verse 7 to 10. When, you know, I think we've said, I don't know whether we, they still sing it. Is this what they sing now? Um, lift your head all your gates. Do they sing it? I think there's a song about this, but Psalm 24, verse 7 to 10. It says, lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, and the king of glory may come in. Is there a song about this verse? There's a song, right? Yeah, I think I've heard it before. Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Verse 9. Lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them, O ancient doors. The word ancient doors there actually sometimes is used as everlasting doors. And the king of glory may come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts, he is the king of glory. Now, um, when he says, lift up your head, O gates, right? Um, remember when he was talking about, I think I've taught that here, when he was talking about um, the gates of hell shall not prevail. Remember that? Remember when it says the gates of hell shall not prevail, the same phrase. It's talking about Jesus' ascension. So he says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Remember when I taught you that, that when he said I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail, he's not talking about um, I'll build my church and demons and you know, uh, witches will not stop. That's not what he was talking about. Uh, people, uh, there was, a, there was a, a belief in Israel that when you went into, uh, when you were dead or you went into the gates of hell, let me just use that because I don't want to go deeply into that, you could not come back. It was everlasting death. You had died. You could not come back. So when Jesus says, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail or the gates of hell will not overpower, what he was trying to say is that out of my resurrection will be the 
immersion of my church. Okay? When he is raised from the dead, that's when the church will be born. And you are that church. You must understand that. The church is not the four walls. You are that church. So in Christ's resurrection, you were born. And the gates of hell or the gates of death could not hold Jesus from being resurrected. Praise the name of the Lord. All right. So this was fulfilled in Mark chapter 16, verse 19. Luke 24, verse 51. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 9. I'd like us to read Acts chapter 1, verse 9. Let's read Acts chapter 1, verse 9. The fulfillment of that word. So you realize that even in the Old Testament, uh, they have been prophesying about the ascension, the dead burial and ascension of Jesus. Acts chapter 1, verse 9. And after he said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on, and a cloud received them out of their sight. Okay? All right, let me give you something. You know, when I teach like this, sometimes I give you something to stretch your brain. Okay? So let me give you something for serious Bible students who want to study further. Look at that Acts chapter 1, verse 9. It did not say clouds received him, it said singular, a cloud. Okay, that's, so, so that's something to think about when you study that verse. Now, the resurrection is the focal point of the Christian faith. The resurrection is the focal point of the Christian faith. It's the center point of the Christian faith. The message of the early Christians and, and the focal point of the New Testament was stated in this simple truth by Apostle Paul. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 8. The center point of our message. And that is why it's important. You know, we shouldn't just talk about the dead, burial, and resurrection of Jesus... Only during Easter. And after Easter, we forget. Hmm? It's like I was saying on Friday. Today we would say, Jesus has risen. We are free. Jesus has set us free. God lives on the inside of me. Next Sunday, altar versus altar. Hmm? <laughs> Liberation campaign. We'll go back to our default poverty-stricken induced messages, Hmm? environmental sermons, sermons that only appeal to the the African man. Hmm? And you know we've exported those messages out. You know as as we migrate, we've exported them. Carried our own culture and fear. <laughs> Second Timothy, chapter two, verse eight. You are tied every year. It says, "Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, descendant of David, according to my gospel." Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead. When Paul talks about Jesus, he talks about his resurrection from the dead. Risen from the dead. Now, it's important to understand that it is only the Christian faith that lay claims to the resurrection. It's only the Christian faith that lays claim to the resurrection. No other faith is bold enough to declare the resurrection of their God. Not Buddha, not Shintoism, not Islam. No other religion claims resurrection. 
Only the Christian faith. And for us, it's not a claim. Remember what we read yesterday? He is really risen. He actually rose from the dead. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, the apostles, their central message was built around the resurrection. Acts chapter 2, verse 36. That was the first message that was preached after the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter 2 and verse 36. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Acts 2, 36. Acts 2, 36. Praise God. Now, if you go to verse, verse 31, I'm trying to see where we can read it from. Can we just read it from verse 22? Peter was preaching. Men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus the Nazarene, a man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs, which God performed through him in your midst, just as you yourself know. This man, delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, you nailed to a cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. Remember, in referring to these godless men, Paul refers to them as the rulers of this world. When he says, if the princes of this world... This world had known they would not have crucified the king of glory. It says, but God raised them up again. But God raised them up again. Look at the emphasis. Putting an end to the agony of death since it was impossible for him to be held in its power. That means death could not hold Christ bound. It was impossible. For David says of him, I saw the Lord always in my presence, for he is at my right hand, so that I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad, and my tongue exalted. Moreover, my flesh also will live in hope, because you will not abandon my soul to hate. That's the Psalms we just read. Nor allow your Holy One to undergo decay. The Psalms we just read. David was saying that, was prophesying. You've made known to me the paths of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Verse 29. Brethren, I may confidently say to you regarding the patriarch David that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. And so because he was a prophet and knew that God had sworn to him an oath to sit one of his descendants on his throne, he looked ahead. So when we read the Psalms, you are not looking for dangerous prayer points. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When you read the Psalms, you are not looking for acidic prayer points. The Psalms were written prophetically because of what was to come. So when you read in the Psalms that the one that betrayed me dipped his hand in my bowl, he's not referring to your co-worker. They were not thinking of you when they wrote the Psalms. Are you still here? Talking about Jesus, that Judas would betray him. So you see, the Bible says about the Psalms that he looked ahead and spoke of the resurrection of Christ. So when David wrote that psalm that we just read, Psalm 16, he was talking of the wreck. So you can imagine how prophetic David was. That's why the, 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 the Bible says in Luke chapter 24 that in the psalms and in the prophets, Jesus had to explain to the disciples all the things concerning himself. You must read the Bible with Jesus as the center point. Praise the name of the Lord. Now go to verse 32. This Jesus, God raised up again, to which we are all what? Witnesses. So the resurrection of Jesus was the center point of the message of the apostles. The first message they ever preached. 
Do you realize in Acts, chapter, the, the message we're preaching, do you realize that when the God uh, filled with the Holy Ghost and they started preaching, they did not say, praise thy Lord, praise thy Lord, Jesus has died. If you have a problem, come to him. He will solve your problem. Do you realize that was not the message that led them to Christ? A problem-driven gospel does not bet conviction. Hmm? Because once that problem is not solved, you will now be looking for where it will be solved. That's how you will now look for what you should not be looking for. You, you know there are even people today who give God deadline. I've been serving you for four years. If you don't do this thing after five years, I will backslide. Who are you threatening? You know people make it look like if you backslide, then God will be at loss. I've been serious with God. What has my seriousness done for me? No, it hasn't done anything. Be unserious. No, go ahead and be unserious. Is your family I feel, I feel pitiful? You know, we make it look like, you know, I don't know how we... Instead of us to count it the privilege to serve God, we are almost making it feel like God is so privileged to have us. Hmm? Have you realized that as, as much as you are not committed to the things of God, the church has not stopped? That will tell you that you are not as important as you think. This pride with which we serve God is because of a faulty gospel. It's faulty. Father, I am winning souls. As I'm winning souls, I'm bringing two people to your house. Father, don't let my shop go empty. What, 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 what's, what's that rubbish about? 14 tomatoes you are selling. So as you are bringing souls, God should now be causing customers to come. Do you see how we have brought the gospel so low that it's, it's, it's a thing of shame? So everything we do to God now has a price. If we raise our hand, Father, you have seen me. I raise my hand. Let my enemies not laugh at me. Raise me up. Everything we do, it's like you do something. God is now asking you, so what do I owe you? It's a faulty gospel. It's a gospel that does not bet conviction. It's a comfortable gospel. And at worst, it never breeds matured believers. That's why we can backbite, we can gossip, we can slander, we can do everything because it's not character formation that forms our Christian faith. It's what we get. Do you realize they just got filled with the Holy Ghost? They never had anything to talk about the needs of the people. They presented the gospel to them in the Psalms. And if you read on, you read on up, um, you read down, you, you just begin to see at the end, they said, what shall we do? That we might be saved. What can we do that we might be saved? It says, repent each of you and be baptized. Right? Verse 37. Now, when they heard this, what did they hear? All the things we have been reading. That's what they heard. Now, when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brethren, what shall we do? It says Peter said to them, Repent, each of you, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises for you and your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call to himself. And with many other words, he solemnly testified and kept exhorting them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. That was the message. Hmm? Be saved from this perverse generation. 
So then those who had received this word were baptized. And they were added about 3,000 souls. Look at the message that 3,000 souls heard and read. Praise God. Are you still here? Then, look at their action. What's the next verse? Verse 42. They were continually doing what? Come on. They were continually doing what? Devoting themselves to what? Devoting to teaching. Not acting drama. Teaching. So you don't act what you don't know. The first devotion is to teaching. And what was the apostles' doctrine? The gospel. Apostles' doctrine was not how to overcome the overcomer. It was establishing their faith in the gospel. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, one scripture that should set your heart at rest is Matthew 6.33. It says, if you seek first the kingdom of God, all these other things will be added. The things we think are concerned to us are not concerns if we pursue the kingdom. Are you still here? Are you saying amen or something? All right. Just to be sure. Acts chapter 4, verse 2. Let's go on. Verse 1. Acts chapter, chapter 4, verse 1 and verse 2. And they were speaking to the people. The priest and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to them. Verse 2. Being greatly disturbed. The, so the, the, the captain of the temple guard, the Sadducees and the priest. They were the ones that were greatly disturbed, right? Acts chapter 4, chapter 4 verse 2 now. Being greatly disturbed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. So they were proclaiming resurrection. That was why they were disturbed. Remember what we started our foundation with 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Paul says, if there is no resurrection from the dead, then our sins are not forgiven. And our message is in vain. Paul preached this message in Acts chapter 17, verse 31. Go to Acts 17, 31. Acts 17, 31. The focal point of the message. Let's go to verse 29. Acts chapter 17, verse 29. Remember, this was when Paul was preaching to them on the, uh, in Athens, when he stood in Athens, was speaking to them. He says, being there in the children of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by earth and thought of man. And we always need to be careful of this. That the divine nature is not gold. Is not, that's why God actually told them, you know, God actually warned the children of Israel not to carve any graven image. You know, because man is always, man finds it very easy to relate to things that are created. That's why you realize that when they give you a, 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 a bottle of anointing oil, your faith comes up. You understand? I say, when they give you <laughs> a bottle of anointing oil, your faith comes up because you can now touch. What that has actually done is that it has reduced the potency of your faith. You've brought your faith down one more level. Then if they now add water, 
Mm-hmm. You see that? You see that? Mm-hmm. Your faith has come another gear. Then by the time they start multiplying the many things they are giving to you, you realize that at a point of your at a point in your Christian life, your faith will be more in the handbag you are carrying than the Bible. You can even forget the Bible. Say, as far as my bottle is with me, I will make it. Then what you now realize is that before you leave the house, you will leak. Before you leave the house, you will touch all your children. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, listen, it looks, it looks nice, but in a subtle way, what you just did is you replaced charm with a bottle. So the man who is serving... Whatever God is serving will lick his chalk, you will lick your. And then you will now hear some funny messages and say, even, even the old court world, they, they, they don't play with sacrifice. They don't play with sacrifice. But in this, our kingdom, it is only one sacrifice that is accepted. The one that Jesus had done. All you need to do is to believe in that one. Your blood is not good enough. You hear So that you don't become you don't become a traditional worshiper that is wearing cross. And I've told you before. Let me leave the matter of this anointing here. Acts seventeen thirty one. Let's go there. Let's start reading. Let's keep reading. Thirty. Therefore, having overlooked the times of ignorance, see what the Bible says. God is now declaring to men that all people everywhere should repent. He has overlooked that season. We have more truth. We have more knowledge. Listen to me. We just sang right now, right? We just sang. Yeah, God, God is inside me, right? Is that not what we sang, my brother? That's what we sang. Huh? Okay. So is God in you? So if you are not sure, let me check. All right. Is God in you? Does the Holy Spirit live in you? Do you carry God? Are you the temple of the Holy Ghost? So what's in the bottle? So how is that? Now, it's a simple, simple question. How is that one that you brought from Chukudi and Coasters <laughs> more stronger than the one that Resurrection put on the inside of you? Because I prayed for it. Okay. What gave me the power? No, it's an honest question. Honest question, honest answer. What gave me the power to make that bottle anointed? The one inside me. So what I'm telling you this morning is that the one inside of me who gave me the power to pray on that bottle is inside of you. So we can just do without the bottles. Because you carry the main thing. So why? It's extra luggage. Because it lives in you. And that thing doesn't make you smell nice. So maybe we could just replace the bottom with a perfume and more understanding. But, but, when I put it in my store, it worked. Yes. Because you put your faith in it. It doesn't work for me. Because I don't see it that way. But if I need anything to sell, I'll just open my store and use the name he gave me. The name of Jesus. And say, in the name of Jesus, I decree that this store opens up. There is no result you are getting now with oil that you cannot get with faith in the written word. No result. If you are looking for something to leak, 
Instead of going to buy extra oil, lick your palm oil. Lift it up to the Lord. I'm saving you money. But I know that's the one you like. When the mouth said, praise the Lord, around 3 o'clock this morning, Jehovah Shammah, don't even know why you're calling him Jehovah Shammah, appeared to me and said, my son, my people are in bondage. God told you his people are in bondage. Then he says, give them oil to leak. The resurrection was unique to the Christian faith. Muhammad died at the age of 61, June 8, AD 632 in Medina. Confucius died, Buddha died, but Jesus rose from the grave. I said Jesus rose from the grave. I said Jesus rose from the grave. Do you realize that some of the things you are afraid of, those people are not afraid of them? They have more faith in their God that did not rise than you, whose God had risen. Christianity in our generation has become a thing of shame. Why? Because you don't want to read your Bible. Hmm? So anybody can stand on the pulpit and say whatever they want. Those are the ones the scripture actually called the thieves and the robbers in John 10.10. 10. Say those that came before me are thieves and robbers. What do they rob you of? Your freedom in Christ. Who you are in Christ. At your age, after many years of Christianity, you cannot travel to the village. You are still afraid. You have a car. You would pay transport. Because somebody has said, when they see your car, the engine will not start. And you, you, you. Acts chapter 2. Let's go to John 10. Let me say, let's start John 10. You know that thing gets me annoyed. You know why? Because see, all the message we are preaching on the resurrection of Jesus is invalidated by a form of Christianity that we practice which actually makes believers feel that they are under the influence of something. There's no authority. There's no confidence. There is no faith in the finished work of Christ. And I'll tell you something, right? Um, how many of you were here on Friday when I read the testimony from my brother? Were you on Friday? When we finished teaching? What's it Friday? Yeah, yeah, Friday I read the testimony. It happened on Wednesday when I taught on authority over... What's that teacher? Authority over what? Sickness and disease. And I was telling them, you've got the authority. And a brother was going to cut his hair, and he saw a child, you know, experiencing convulsion. Breath was almost leaving the child. He walked past, but he kept hearing my voice. The things I was reading, the scriptures I was reading, boldness came on him. He went back, prayed for the child, and breath began to come into that child. Imagine if all of us function like that. Do you realize because of the way he was taught, his first reaction is, let me, know, let me, call, let me, let me, let me call Papa. That was not the first reaction. Because he doesn't even have my number. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? You see, the, the, your training should embolden you to live the life of Christ regardless of who is present or who is absent. That's how Christians are trained. Now let's go to John chapter 20, verse 17. His resurrection is our justification. Let me, let me just establish that. John 20, verse 17. Now you will understand at this time, Jesus had risen. We, we really read this scripture uh, on Saturday. John 20, 17. Now Mary saw, saw him, verse 16. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means my teacher. This was after Jesus had resurrected. Jesus said to her, stop clinging to me. For I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brethren. Now I want you to observe something. Jesus had risen now. He was to present the blood at the most holy place. Now you remember in the Old Testament when the priest uh, sacrificed the lamb. What will happen? He would take the blood and put it on the mercy seat. Now the mercy seat, if you have a picture of the ark. Let's say this was the ark. The mercy seat had two shirobs, right? This way and this way. And they covered each other and touched their wings touched here. So in the, the, this place was the mercy seat. So he had to put the blood here where uh, you can obtain mercy. Mercy for the children of Israel then. So he said, I've not gone to my father, but go to my brethren. You will realize that after Jesus had risen from the dead, he called the disciples brethren. That's important. He calls the disciples brethren and say to them, I ascend to my father and what? your father. The terms changes. He now addresses God not only as God or my God or my father, he now brings what we call identification. His resurrection justifies us to be identified with him not only as savior but as the firstborn among many brethren. He calls us brothers. And he says, I'm going to my father and your father, to my God and your God. So he was trying to say, listen, by resurrection, I don't only have the right to God anymore. That right has been granted to you. And that is what I've told you. I'm sorry, but please. That's what I've told you. When you are leading praises, sometimes they call God names. Call God names. You know, people will start. The one that fetches water with basket and water will not leak. The one that can use iron to break pole. And, and, and it looks like you're praising God. You, you're, actually, you're actually acting beyond, below what God expects. Call him Father. That's what Jesus died so you can call him. He didn't, he didn't die so you can call him uh, Iron Bender. No, it, it, no, 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 no. Oh, you know, my heavenly bulldozer, those things, they excite your emotions. But Jesus did not die so you can call him. He says, <laughs> he has sent forth the spirit of God into our heart that we will cry, Abba, Father. Jesus died so we can actually call God Daddy. You know, and we have that thing. You know, give God what he cannot give himself. Stop listening to those motivational talk. What is it that God cannot give himself? Say, God cannot praise himself. Are you joking? <laughs> you know, when you listen to tired preachers, you become a tired Christian. They say, give God what cannot give himself. You now see people start calling God all kind of names. 
The one who looks with one eye and there's there's eye at his back. See, mm, see, I've never heard him call him my, my Jehovah Sharp Sharp, my 24-hour miracle, my, my sniper, all kinds of stuff. You don't want to hear what people call God when we say call God all kinds of names. You don't want to risk that. I mean, God will be wondering, who, who are they saying? Michael says, it's you. Is it me? Say, heavenly sniper. Because it's in me, they are calling suicide item. You will be shocked the names people call God. Eh, 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 eh. Even Jesus is wondering, is it, is it our father you are calling like that? And you know, people will be so emotional, they will start crying. See, when I just called him sniper, something just sniped on this side of me. But he's made it easy. He says, I'm going to your father. Even when Jesus had not been raised from the dead, when, when he taught the disciples how to pray, he says, when you pray, say, our father. Do you realize without the resurrection, you couldn't have said that about God? You couldn't have said that. Are you, are, you, are you still here? Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Go to Hebrews chapter 2 verse 11. It's interesting. Thank you Lord Jesus. I've always told you that. I'm not saying you shouldn't praise God. Please understand me. Because that's someone, someone. And if you're listening online, don't send me any later. I will not read it. You know, because someone told me that time. Are you saying people should not praise God? That you people should not call God name? I said just call him what he has told you to call him. Hmm? And I've told you this many times that most of the names we call God in the Old Testament were personal revelations of people that walked with God. And some, some, of the, some of the names we call God are actually names they called the places that they encountered God. It wasn't like they called God. They, they called the name of the place, Jehovah this. Because they encountered God in that dimension. That's why you see that the name of God was not consistent in the Old Testament. Because the names of God were revealed based on the revelation of God. So if there was provision, there was Jehovah Jireh. Do you understand that? If there was protection, there was Jehovah Ebenezer. It, it, and it, so it shows, us, it shows us that was a partial revelation of God. Right? It's not a complete revelation. So depending on how God reveals himself to me, that's the name I call God. Which also means that that name came out of a personal work with God or a personal revelation of God. But when um, Moses asked God, what, who should I say sent me? What did he say? I am. He could have said, I'm Jehovah the rescuer. But he didn't say that. He said, tell him I am. You know, <laughs> you know why? Because the, the other nations also had gods that were similar. Hmm? They also had the god of fertility. Just as you say Jehovah Jireh, they also had their own god of fertility. They also had their own god of protection. They also had their own god of thunder. You know this thunder we're releasing, releasing, releasing? It's, it's, we learned it from Ogun. That's why we're releasing thunder. You know it's from that place we collected thunder. Did you see anywhere in the scripture where any believer in the epistles sent thunder? You see, the more our practices are far from scripture, the more we should question the messages we are listening to. That's the truth. Why can't we just stay with this book is big enough? Why can't we just stay with it? Because Christianity should be something that if, if I'm preaching this message here, I should still be able to preach this message in Australia because it's the same truth. 
Are, are you following what I'm saying? Hebrews 2.11. Let me show you this. It says, For both he who sanctifies, talking about Jesus, and those who are sanctified, look at this word, are all from one Father. That's why Jesus could call us brethren. He says, those of us that have been sanctified, and the one who is sanctifying us, we are all from one Father. You must allow this revelation hit you. God loves you as he loves Jesus. Jesus has paid the price for us to be loved by the Father. Look at what he says. He says, for which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren. As you are seated here this morning, born again, spirit-filled, blood-washed, Jesus is not ashamed to call you my brother. He's not ashamed to call you my sister. That's what the Bible says. And how did we get to this state? Because he had risen from the dead. Hebrews chapter 9. Go to Hebrews chapter 9. Verse, um, verse, verse 12. You see, these are the truths we should we should bury ourselves in. Let me use that word. Praise the name of the Lord. We should learn these truths. Meditate on these truths. The consciousness of who you are in Christ will begin to rise up. Your shame will be put away. Your guilt will be put away. You'll be emboldened to walk in righteousness. You see, when you see the love that God has lavished upon you, what's going to happen? You will be so, you will want to repay that love back. You will not be looking for how close you can walk to sin. You know, because most, for, for many Christians, it's about heaven and hell. Those are just the main issue. It's not understanding that you now have a new life in Christ. Hebrews chapter 9, let's start reading from verse 11. It'll be better. But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things to come. Everybody say good things to come. Now, you know, these good things to come, it's talking about cars. Eh? The good things to come, it's talking about what? The salvation. Do you realize the salvation we have, the scripture says the prophets of old and even the angels, they were looking to get the salvation. That's why they said, who is man that you're mindful of him? Why will you go through this pain to rescue man? What is in man? They can't understand. And that is why you must never worship angels. You know, there's, there's some teaching going on around where people exalt angels more than is necessary. No, they are sent to minister to the heirs of salvation. Angels are your servants. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It doesn't matter how they appear. If they appear with one leg as big as this island, it doesn't matter. If you are the owner of the house, it doesn't matter how big your, your helper is. Your gardener might be bigger than your husband, but it's not your husband. He's not the owner of the house. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And stop being carried away by people who saw vision of angels. An angel appeared to me and told me, an angel appeared to this and told me, who cares? We have the written word to go by. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Jesus says the words I speak to you, they are spirit and life. And let me tell you, when I say things like this, it doesn't mean that we don't have supernatural manifestations. But they are not, they are not what you should bring to the forefront. You know, there's a way I can go about this message now, and you will not listen to anything again. If I just tell you, you know, at about 2 a.m., God called my native name a light, it will just suspend all your senses. And anything I say after that, you will just believe. And that's how extra-biblical practices come into, into the body of Christ. No revelation should go above the written word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? How do we check if a revelation is the truth of God? It must line up with the written word. Thank God that God gave us the Bible. 
I don't know where we would have been today. Even with the Bible, look at where we are. Just imagine there was no Bible to read. <laughs> Hebrews 9, 11. But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things to come, he entered through the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this creation. That means the tabernacle that Jesus entered was not made of this creation. And let me pause here to say here very quickly that you realize that in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, when God created man, God's ideal has been to fellowship with man. And that fellowship was broken, man sinned, and God began to stay where? In temples, right? First of all, the ark. From the ark to the temple, the various temples, and then they put the ark in the temples. And then when Jesus, uh, then we had the temple in Jerusalem. And when Jesus died, on the night that Jesus gave up the ghost, the curtain was rained from top to bottom. And you know what God did? Finally, the way to the holies of holies was open to everybody. God removed that mediation between God and man, the ark, all of those things were destroyed. That temple was rent into. The, the, the robe was rent. The way to the holies of holies was granted access. That's why the Bible now says we have access to God. And you come boldly to the throne of grace so that you may obtain mercy. That's why when you're going for a prayer meeting and they say, come, let's storm heaven, know that you shouldn't be there. Why storm a place that the doors are open, except you're a rebel? He says, come boldly to the throne. You want to storm the gates. If I've told you, come boldly to my house and fellowship with me or ask for something, then you now tell somebody, I'm going to storm the gate. Is it that you don't understand my instruction? Or you are just being rebellious? You know, some of these very nice things we say in church are very not in line with scriptures. There's no need to storm the gates of heaven. You're not an outsider. You're seated with Christ in the heavenly places. So this is your concept now. You're seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Then when you want to pray, you now come down from your seat and now stroll and now stroll. You say, where are you going? Say, I'm coming. Then you now go to the gates and start hitting. Lord, this is my year. I said, ah, you could have told me this. Say, no, we are storming. We will not give you rest until you answer. <laughs> oh, spiritual warfare. And you realize that all the weapons Paul listed in spiritual warfare has to do with the word? The breastplate of faith, the word of faith. The helmet of salvation, the gospel. The feet, the gospel. The belt, the truth. The sword of the spirit, the word of God. The whole armor of the believer is the word. It's just described in various things. Faith is the word. Salvation is the gospel. Feet, gospel. Belt, huh? sword of the spirit. It's the word you use in winning spiritual warfare, not hunger strike and getting up at night. And sometimes, is that not sleeping that is causing problems because your brain is not functioning well anymore? Say, I want to see the end of this matter. You might die. And religion will make you feel you're gaining victories. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The scripture says he gives his beloved rest. Why are you restless? Why are you restless? He said, we must, we must once again, and I plead with you by the mercies of God, to return to the scriptures. Feed on the word. Be confident of what Christ has achieved for you. 
And you know what? It takes faith. Faith in the finished work of Christ. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's read Hebrews chapter 9. It says, And not through the blood of goats and calves, but through his own blood, he entered the holy place once and for all. Somebody say once and for all. Having obtained what? Eternal redemption. He has obtained an eternal redemption for us. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. The Bible says in Romans chapter 4 verse 23 that through the resurrection of Jesus we are justified. Romans 4 23. Thank you Lord Jesus. Romans 4 23. It says therefore now not for his sake only. We're talking about Abraham in Romans 4 as it is written that it was credited to him. Let me just say this quickly. I might not be able to finish my message but let me see. Let me say this quickly. Do, um, history has it that Abraham's father, even the Bible records that, worshipped many gods, right? Worshipped many gods. Let me just say this to help someone. Do you realize that after Abraham was called by God, right? He did not go for family deliverance. I'm just saying. Because I know you like to call unnecessary meetings of people who are busy with their life. And you, have you realized that family deliverance is always done and pushed by the people who are not doing so well in the family? The reason why the rich ones don't feed their costs, do not say it's because they have shared our star to him. <laughs> then you now want him to come and give you star back. If it's me, I won't come. <laughs> it's better I'm holding all the star. But you understand, is is okay. So Abraham didn't do that. What did Abraham do? He believed what God told him, and the Bible says it was credited to his account for righteousness. What is difficult in that? That you are going to dig tree in the village. If you wanted to do farming, will you not say it? That you are looking for pots. Somebody say, you are saying this because your father is a pastor. No, my grandfather, my grandfather was one of the key spiritual men for my village. He was not doing love portion. My grandfather used to walk with our village to fight other village. He was high class herbalist. Are you hearing what I'm saying? My grandfather will walk into the forest. Trees will be speaking to him. He will know what leaves to use to cure you. If he had a broken leg, he could take a chicken, break his leg, be treating that chicken. When he's done, your own leg will get better. So I come from a very rich spiritual heritage of negative <laughs> and positive. So I'm not telling you what I read. There were food my, father, my grandfather never ate till he died. You couldn't make him eat it. Couldn't make him eat it. High consecration. There were days that man could stay without food for weeks. Couldn't make him eat. Nothing you say. Your own was not that he was the one. Or your own went to see my own. And you say you are cursed. 
And then my dad is the only son. So when my dad accepted Christ, you could imagine the persecution. Because by inheritance, if I was not preaching now, you should be consulting me. So <laughs> I'm a crown prince. <laughs> That's why I can never be jobless. If I wasn't preaching for God, I would be still earning money somehow. Because you, it's either you're giving tithes or you're bringing goats. Anyhow, I will be good. Romans chapter 4, verse 23. Now, not for his sake only was it written that it was credited to him. God did not just write this only because of Abraham. He wrote it for us. But for our sake also, to whom it will be credited... As those who believe in him. Who did what? Who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He says when we believe the resurrection. That same credit that came to Abraham. Is coming to our account. Are you following this now? Look at what it says. How many of you here um, get salaries almost the same time? Most people do right? Corporate organization. You, you know that when you ask your colleague. Have they paid? Some of you laugh. Because you're checking the date. The month is still five. You have used your money. You, when your colleagues say, oh, mine has entered, what happens to you? You just say, no, you just call your wife. Go and, go and collect the right. You see, because that credit has gone. You have believed in that company. You have worked. You already exercised faith that if that person's own had come, your own will still come. You can even use that boldness and go to the bank. I said, I don't understand. I will change my account. He said, what's the problem? Why are you boasting? Why are you shouting? You just heard that somebody's account has been... That's what the Bible is saying. That if Abraham's account was credited, for those of us who will believe, it is an example for us also that our account will be credited. Somebody say amen. amen. Look at 25. He was delivered over because of our transgression and was raised because of our justification. Was raised because of our justification. Was raised because of our justification. Praise God. Okay, let me just tell you this, right? Just give you a little story. You know, my granddad never eats snail. If you, if, you, if, you, if you wear from my family and you eat snail, ratchets will come all over your body, your skin. We start scaling, and he has to perform a sacrifice to, for you to, to be cleansed, right? Guess what my favorite meat is? <laughs> yeah. People that have traveled with me know that. Eat snail all the time. I eat snail for a living. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because some of you are still afraid of what people in your village are not eating. Check your salvation. I know, I know. That's why the Holy Spirit led me to say it. Because you are seated here and you are listening to me and you are still afraid. I just want to be careful. No, you are fearful. You are not being careful. You have, are you understanding what I'm saying? You haven't, I'm not saying go and now eat straight. <laughs> because you, but what I'm trying to say is, listen, we are actually born again. We are new creatures in Christ Jesus. That history is gone. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That blood, we're not, when they say, we are looking for patterns in the bloodline. Ask them, which bloodline? They say, our family bloodline. They say, no. Go and read John chapter 1. Say, as many as received him, 11, 12, and 13. As many as received him, he gave power 
That word power in the Greek is exousia. It means authority, right, to become the sons of God. It says not those who are born according to the flesh, no, according to blood, but according to the will of God. The new creation is according to God's will. Hallelujah. Are you still here? That's why you still have Christians today who believe in God and still be going to do festival. Eh? Hello. Because when we mention things like this, now you keep quiet as if you are not here. Hmm? Then what scripture will they quote? Let us give to Caesar what is to Caesar. And let's give to God what is to God. Which means we give to God on Sunday and on Monday we give to... You see, see confusion. How can you still be going for village festival and you're a deacon? And you know it was because we started giving people deacons in church because they had money and they could buy generator for us. Not because they knew God. Stop it. You see, if Christ has set you free, don't put yourself in bondage any longer. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There is a freedom in Christ that should even make those people start looking at you and say, we want your light. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. All right. Let's go to Romans 5.18. Just uh, two more, three more scriptures from my scriptures. Romans 5.18. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It says, So then, as through one transgression, there resulted condemnation to all men, even so through one act of righteousness. What's the act of righteousness? When Jesus went to the cross, there resulted in what? Justification of life. To how many men? To all men. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 17, Paul says that if we're not raised from the dead, then we are not cleansed from our sins. Or we are still in our sins. Can you just put that up for us? 1 Corinthians 15, 17. It says if, we're not, if Jesus was not raised, sorry, if Jesus was not raised from the dead, it says if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless and you're still in your sins. Which simply means that because Jesus was raised from the dead, we are no longer in our sins. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, Colossians chapter 2. Let's read three more scriptures and then we'll take the communion. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 9. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Colossians 2, 9. Thank you, Father. Just want to show you what Jesus did at the cross by, the by his resurrection. Colossians chapter 2 and go to verse 9. We're going to read some long reading now. 9 to 15. Come with me. For in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. And in him you have been made what? I didn't hear that. You've been made what, church? You've been made what? You've been made what? Are you complete? Are you complete? So there's nothing broken in your life. There's nothing missing in your life. You're complete in him. Somebody say, I'm complete in him. He says, and he is the head over all rule and authority. Can you? Hey, I know our time is gone, but let's take that a little bit slowly. Can you imagine that? Jesus had all the fullness. You are complete in him. And he is the head over all rule and authority. What does that make you? You're in him. If your father is the president of the country, or is the, let's not use president because it's democracy. Let's use um, uh, a monarch, a king. If your father is a king over a territory, what does that make you automatically? A prince. Do you realize when the queen of England passed on, there was no fight? Hmm? <laughs> you know our things, we like trouble in this place. 
Some kings have died for the past 10 years. It's who to sit on the throne they are fighting over. Because our rotation is never clear. Say it's our family turn. Like they will scatter. You know, we rather scatter everything than one person. But it was smooth. Allegiance was transferred immediately. Authority was transferred immediately. I don't know if they've done currency change, but because they understand that authority. This is the one in charge. If, if, if you are in him, and he is the head over all rule and authority. You have authority. That's why you can cast out demons in his name. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now go to verse 11. And in him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, in the removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised up with him through faith. All of these things we are preaching, child of God, is by faith. Is by faith. So faith is not just for getting cars and houses and wife and children. Faith is also to believe that what God has accomplished in Christ in you is true. Look at what it says. It says, who raised him from the dead. Verse 13, when you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven how many? Forgiving us how many? All our transgressions. Look at what he did, verse 14. Having canceled out the certificate of death consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Everything that was written against us has been nailed to the cross. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 15. This is what happened those three days and those three nights. When he disarmed the rulers. What does it mean to disarm? Uh, what does it mean to disarm? Eh? Strip off their arms. Take out whatever arms they had against us. He took it. Glory to God. He took them off. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, when we used to have militancy around this region, and then they called for amnesty, right? And they said they should bring their arms. You know, that was amnesty, but to be disarmed wouldn't be amnesty. To be disarmed means you had to go in, fight them, and take all their arms. Now, imagine you now, you are afraid of someone who has been disarmed. Hmm? You are just afraid. Have you seen what teachings have made us? You know, particularly in this world, we're usually afraid of cats. I don't like cats normally, but you know we're afraid of cats. Okay. Don't agree. Do you know some people are afraid of cats? Eh? What's the number one reason why they're afraid of cats? Be honest. Uh, you know, you know, I know. We know the answer. But do you realize that when, if you, if you had, listen, listen carefully. Do you realize that if you have just been raised abroad, just, just not that they preached any gospel to you, just that you were not born in this village. You were just born abroad for the first 10 years of your life. Do you know you might even be sleeping with cats in your bed? you know, playing with them. Then you realize that when you now come here and now attend church, <laughs> hmm? an oracle one starts explaining mysteries <laughs> that you don't know, starts revealing to you deeper things of the spirit. You now realize that after 15 years, you are now afraid of cats. It's 
judgments on pastors we get from the hands of God. I'm sure he will just tell them, don't worry, I, I will deal with this one myself. Just, just leave him for me. Because of the gross ignorance that is spread across board. And the sad thing is that the devil funds these people to be on every television station. Some of you will hear truths like this and still go and be watching television stations where people are vomiting and confessing witchcraft. Hmm? And dilute everything you have been taught. Don't you like freedom? Why do you like to punish yourself? It's, 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 it's both annoying, it's sad, and it calls for corporate prayers, corporate repentance. And sometimes some people should be arrested. You realize that the government of Ghana, January 1st, the police warned against New Year prophecies. Do you realize that? They warned you know the reason? Because if we don't control ourselves, the world will control us. How many prophetic words were given concerning the election? And then, in those days, prophets will prophesy, and heaven and earth will pass away, and that word will come to pass. Today we will prophesy. The prophecy does not come to pass. We will not release 10 videos. Why did it not come to pass? Because God did not know that that thing was going to be in Nigeria. You know, God was not aware. He didn't know that the election in Nigeria is not like the other. You know, God was not really, because he had not stayed here before. And then Sunday after Sunday, people will start, we still go there. And you know, they couldn't try this in the Old Testament. That's why the resurrection is messy. Because in the Old Testament, if you prophesied like that and it did not come to pass, they will stone you. So next time when you say, toss here the Lord, you must be sure. You must be sure. God said, if not, you will meet him that sent you to say, toss here the Lord. Why am I saying all of this? Get back to the scriptures. His resurrection makes us heirs of the kingdom. Are you hearing what I'm telling you now? And when you find the truth, spread it. So that more people can be liberated and set free into the glorious liberty that God has provided for us. Look at what the Bible says. When he had discerned the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him. Satan has been dealt with. He's got no authority. He's got no power. He's got no influence. I'm going to end here. The Bible now says, it says, therefore, because of what we have read, let no one act as your judge in regard to food or drink or in respect to festival, new moon or Sabbath, things which are mere shadow of what is to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. I like verse 18. Verse 18 says, let no one keep defrauding you of your prize by delighting in self-abasement. What is self-abasement? Hmm? Punishing yourself. Punishing yourself. To please God. You want to pray. You cannot pray in your room. You now go to, to Oshobo to climb a mountain. If you wanted to do, to do a physical exercise, will you not tell us? Self-abasement. Climb mountain. Not take water. Looking dry, haggard. 
that you are waiting on God. He says, let no one defraud you of your prize by delighting in self and the worship of angels. Taking his stand on visions he has seen. Hmm? You read scripture too much. You just give us uh, the point. Which point? Because you just want to hear visions. You want to hear that God anointed my left hand specially and then my right leg. Once I put my left hand and my right leg on you, whatever. You, you see, look at it. Taking his stand on visions. Every time Paul preached, every time the, the, the apostles preached, they would say, according to scriptures. This is according to scriptures, not today. Everything we say is according to visions. Look at this. Inflated without cause by his fleshly mind. So when you look at the pulpit, all you see is pride. Inflated pride. What has the cost of your shoes got to do with the people listening to you on the Sunday morning? Where you bought your suit from? How much someone gave you? What has that got to do? People listen to you and they feel like God is not kind to them. He's only kind to you. Look at this. Inflated without cost. No reason. Inflated without cost. Saints, we have a mandate to the nations of the earth to spread the light of God's word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? To spread, and you have that responsibility. After hearing a message like this, what should come in your heart is, how far can we go with this truth? Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Can we read one more scripture? Ephesians chapter, chapter 2, verse 1. This is long. Let's read Romans 6, 1 and Ephesians 2. Paul had two closings. After saying, finally, brethren, he wrote two more verses. <sighs> Thank you, Lord. Romans 6, 1 to 4. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may increase? May it never be so. How shall he, how shall we who die to sin still live in it? Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? So Christ took us in when he went through that process. Verse um, 4 says, Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in the newness of life. That word newness is kaitones in the Greek. It means a new life entirely. We walk in the newness of life. So when Jesus died and resurrected, it was, we were not refurbished sinners. We were not sinners, they had to recoil with righteousness. No, we are new men in Christ entirely. That's why I've always maintained the new creation does not have a past. Uh, you know, in my past life, in my past life, no. Except you were not born again. Paul says we've wronged no man. How can Paul say we've wronged no man? How can Paul boldly preach the gospel when he supervised the death of believers? It's because he understood this. He says, he that is in Christ is a new creature. All things are passed away. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because here today, today believers are now submitting for therapy. See, where were you when you were five years old? What happened? When I was going, I hit my head on the wall. Hmm. Hmm. Is that pain that is still there? Breathe six times. How do you feel? A little better. You will need this session 10 times. And you are doing breathing sessions to be free. I don't have an issue with that. 
I don't have an issue with therapy. I don't have an issue with trauma. I don't have an issue with all of that. But what about if you just believe the gospel? You will be amazed at how fast your heart will heal. You'll be amazed at how even memories of those things will, will absolutely not have effect in your soul anymore. Because those things were nailed to the cross. And when you were risen with Christ, what happened? You came to the newness of life. That word is new in its entirety. Because I'll say this, and you know I'll tell you the truth. We are gradually sliding to the back to when Christians believed in psychologists more than the word of God. So somebody would misbehave. And you say, you're not supposed to behave like this as a Christian. You say, I'm a choleric. Say, that's how, that's how we choleric, that's how we behave. We shout anyhow. You should, be, you should have the joy of the Lord. I'm phlegmatic. That's how we hide in corners. We don't, we don't, we don't like people. <laughs> Who are you in Christ? You are not phlegmatic in Christ. You're not choleric in Christ. You're not sanguine in Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You are a new man in Christ, empowered by the fruit of the Spirit. Glory to God. That's who you are. And we must re-emphasize this truth. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of the Lord. Are you still here? Praise God. Well, our time is well. Let, let's stand on our feet. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We're new men in Christ Jesus. And we rejoice in that truth. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I rejoice in that truth. Oh, say it, say it. Say, I rejoice in that truth. Do you rejoice in that truth? That you're a new man in Christ. Hallelujah. Um, we know the song, I'm a new creature, I'm a brand new man. How many of you know it? Do you know it? Who knows, who know, who, who knows it? <laughs> yeah, sing it. Yeah. Okay, hold on, hold on. How many of you know it? Raise your hand so that we don't spoil this. Our choir, we're just starting. Raise your hand if you know it. Okay, those of you, how many, okay, put your hands down. How many of you don't know the song? Okay, so let's try again. Um, who, who knows it very well? Where's the microphone? Get, get the microphone, I want to sing it. Who, who, who's got the microphone? Miss Harris, you know it, right? Give Miss Harris, let me start a new choir. Pastor May, you can have your mic. Have your, you can have, come and have mine. Don't worry, we're going to close 10 minutes late today. Please bear with us. Put all the mics on. Praise God. You can end my message. This is, I want to start a choir in church. Pastor May, come. Come, come and use mine. Does anybody else know it here? Okay, give them. Ensure your voice is okay. Just don't, don't spoil pastor's mass choir. We don't have men in our choir. Who else knows it? Miss Harry, you can come. You come, 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 come. If you have the mic, come so we'll know whose voice is not. So what are we Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email 
info at pastormax.ng or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.